Hi, this is Michael Buffer, and welcome to the Box Hard Podcast. Hello, everyone. This is Mikey Garcia. It's the monster from the swamp, Regis Ruguru Program. Hey, what's up? This is King Carlos Molina, former IBF world champ. This is Michael, the bounty hunter, 2012 Olympian and your people's champ. This is Charlie Edwards, flyweight champion of the world. This is Fast Eddie Chambers, and you're listening to the Box Hard Podcast with my main man, Joey Coastman. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 382 of the Box Hard Podcast. I'm your host, Joey Coastman. I'm joined as ever by former heavyweight world title challenger. It is, of course, Mr. Eric Chambers. Eric, how are you doing this week, my man? <laughs> I'm doing great, Joe. How are you feeling? <laughs> For those uh, that don't know, there's an inside joke. We'll get into that later. Of course, I didn't just do a massive mistake and randomly call um, Eddie Eric. Um, but anyway, we'll get to that, of course, in due time. Let's dive straight into the review part of the show. We're going to start here with um, a card that took place last Thursday, which was February the 2nd. We've got, I think, three or four cards to go over in the review part of the show. Um this one took place in Canada at the Montreal Casino in Quebec. This one was on ESPN+. Plus. Um, over here, let's start with... Um, let's start with this one here, actually. I think it was the chief support, if I'm not mistaken. But anyway, a fighter that I used to be high on, Yves Ulysse Jr., now 22-3. and three. Um, Again, at one point, he looked great in his career. You know, really good boxer. Um, you know, humiliated Cletus Seldin at a good time when I think Seldin might have been undefeated. And um, Ulysse was, was, you know, a really good fighter. Seemed like he had a real bright future. Lost to, again, I forgot the guy's name on last week's show. I forgot it, I forgot it again. A guy that Anthony Crawler beat. Um, really can't be bothered to go and look now. But anyway, lost to that guy, which was a bit kind of weird. And he come back in this fight here against Gabriel Valenzuela, who's now 26-3 and three with a draw. Valenzuela gets the TKO win in just one round there. That could be the end of Yves Ulysse Jr., um, certainly at that level. I mean, I, I just can't believe it. I, I thought he'd win the fight. I thought he'd win probably on points. But for him to get stopped there in just a round is incredible. I don't think he'd ever been stopped before. And, yeah. A lot of people saying that's the end of his career. We probably won't see him again. Certainly not at that level. It seems like he's done and dusted. It's a real shame the way, you know, he never was able to build from that Cleta Seldin win. But anyway, that's it for that one. Moving on to, I believe it was the main event. Friend of the show, Alontez Fox. Now 28-4 and with a draw. Um... He stepped in with the undefeated Eric Bazinian, who's now 29-0. and 0. It was for the NABA and NABF super middleweight titles. Um, yeah, it was a gut punch, really, because obviously Alonte is a good friend of mine. Um, it was pretty much, as I said on last week's show, a last chance saloon, really, for him. Obviously, you look at his recent fights, he hasn't really beaten anyone of note and... He's, he's only really lost to good fighters. He was coming off a stoppage loss to David Morrell. And I think he was handpicked, really, for Eric Bazinian on short notice as well. So Bazinian gets him in, expects to beat him nice and easily, and it's a good name for his record. You know, if he gets a stoppage, that's a, that's a plus as well. But 
they got Fox in, and um, and yeah, Fox, you know, started the fight really well, I think the commentary team gave him the first two rounds, I think they might have even had it 4-1 or something like that after five rounds, um, but yeah, I think at one point after six rounds, the commentary team were quite fair, I felt, they had it 4-2 to Fox after after six rounds, and then they gave Bazinian round 7, 8, 9, and 10, and gave him the fight in the end, 6-4, and I pretty much agreed with almost everything they said, to be honest, I thought he lost the fight fair and square, about 6-4 in the end, and he just let it slip, I mean, as I always do with friends of mine if they lose a fight I always make sure to you know um, speak to them afterwards I feel like it's more important to speak to a friend after a loss really than than a win and um, yeah spoke to him of course and um, you know I just said man it's a shame like he said he got real real tired in the late rounds and um, yeah just wasn't able to continue you know and 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 win more rounds late on, he felt absolutely exhausted, all of a sudden, it come to him real quick, you know, he was he was doing well at one point, and then, like I say, just burned it all out very quickly, and it was a really tiny ring as well, you know, for a guy of, of Fox's height, and his reach and stuff, he needs a bit of space to be able to work, and it was, like I say, a real small ring, and the referee was allowing them to just keep wrestling, he didn't really break them up much at all, and every time that Bazinian would get up close and fight on the inside, it was more his fight, Fox wasn't doing terrible, to be honest, when it was on the inside, but it was certainly more Bazinian's type of fight, and like I say, whenever um, he'd get close, he'd, he'd grab hold of Fox as well, and it would work in his favour, because the referee would allow it to happen, and there was so much wrestling, the referee just wasn't breaking him up, and um, yeah, like I say, Fox needed space to actually you know, get his shots off, and when he didn't have the space, he was doing next to nothing, and yeah, real, 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 real um, shame for him, because I do think it is a little bit last chance saloon, you lose to a guy like this, where'd you go, hopefully there's another opportunity, hopefully it doesn't take too long for him to get it, because I think he's got, um, you know, good skills and everything, I think he can, he can he can beat some top fighters, but hasn't had many opportunities, and I think this one was a golden opportunity for him to win, I don't think Bazinian's a fantastic fighter, but unfortunately he hasn't taken the opportunity, and I've got to be real about that, great shame for him, moving on though, um, don't want to dwell on that one too much, moving on to this one, it took place on Friday at the Desert Diamond Arena in Glendale, Arizona, um, brilliant fight on ESPN in the main event, I'm going to get to that last though, let's touch on the undercard, a win for Emiliano Vargas, now 3-0, and a unanimous decision for him over 4 against Francisco Duque, now 1-2, and two. Uh, Nico Ali Walsh, now 8-0, and a, a unanimous decision for him over 6 rounds against Eduardo Ayala, now 9-3 and three with a draw, Richard Torres Jr., now 5-0, and o. again, another good stoppage win for him, um, he he took on James Bryant, who's now six and three. It goes down as a first round retirement win for Richard Torres. Basically, he caught Bryant with the very last punch of the round, which was a massive right uppercut. And Bryant went down, got back up on shaky legs, went back to his corner, and didn't come out for round two. I think he 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 mentioned that he'd maybe hurt his ankle, and he got out of the ring, you know, limping and stuff like that. So. I believe him, I think he maybe landed awkwardly or whatever, but 
yeah, another explosive performance really for Richard Torres Jr. I'm going to say I put quite a big bet on Torres Jr. to get him out within two rounds. And I was a bit nervous when I heard the 10 second clapper in, in round one. I was like, man, this is, you know, it was quite a big bet. I was like, man, this, this needs to get over and done with. So when I saw him land that shot and then I saw Bryant get back up, I was like, damn, he's going to make it to round two. But Obviously, didn't actually come out for round two. Um, elsewhere on the card, we're going to be speaking to him a little bit later on. But Andres Cortez, now 19-0, and 0, a 10-round unanimous decision for him against Luis Melendez, now 17-3. and 3. Cortez with a complete shutout there, despite suffering a cut. Um... What else did we have? Arnold Barboza Jr., now 28-0, a unanimous decision for him against Jose Pedraza, now 29-5 with a draw. It was for the WBO uh, Intercontinental Super Lightweight title. Um, really close fight, I felt. I mean, I said it on last week's show, Pedraza maybe isn't what he once was, but still a more than capable fighter, certainly capable of beating a lot of the top guys, giving everyone, um, you know, he'll give everyone a hard night's work, I think, and he did it. I felt he won many rounds. I don't think he ever should have been a 7-1 to underdog for a points win. And as for Barboza, I felt it was probably... A really good learning fight for him. I feel like you can only learn from fighting someone like Pedraza. Really good name for Barboza's record. And I actually think he'll he'll, you know, improve a hell of a lot after sharing the ring with Pedraza and having some questions asked of him. And yeah, Pedraza I thought at times, you know, won a bunch of rounds and I loved his front foot pressure that he kept putting on despite what Barboza would throw uh, throw at him. You know, like he'd land a good shot, but Pedraza would keep coming forward, putting that pressure on. He really made Barboza think, and I think it, it was the perfect fight for the progression of of Barboza. Um, but yeah, you know, I think Barboza probably did enough in the end, maybe just to nick it, but it was a close one. And like I say, Pedraza, to win on points, should have never have been 7-1, to one, never. Um, yeah, just about missed out on that one. And the main event, Emmanuel Navarrete, now 37-1. and one. He was down in round four. But he did overcome that. He got back up and, of course, got the TKO against the Australian Liam Wilson, who's now 11-2 and in round nine there. It was for the vacant WBO World Super Featherweight title. Um, something we should mention is the weight um, shenanigans. You know, there was, there was an issue at the weigh-in where, basically, Liam Wilson um, weighed in three pounds underneath the weight limit, Eddie. And... Um, I don't know if you saw this. If you did see it, then chime in. If you didn't, then no point unmuting. But basically, what happened is, obviously, before he actually um, he turned up at the weigh-in, um, Liam, I think I called him Liam Williams, but Liam Wilson um, obviously weighed in, I guess, in his hotel. He saw that he was on the weight, came to the... Um, to the weigh-in and got on the scales before the official time of the weigh-in. Got on the scales, he's bang on the weight, gets off them, you know, about 20 minutes later he officially weighs in in front of all the cameras and all of a sudden he's three pounds under the weight and Navarrete just about makes the weight. So he was saying that obviously the scales must have been tampered with, Navarrete would have been over the weight because there's no way I was three pounds under it. So a bit, a bit dodgy there. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, that was a bit, that was a bit naughty to be honest with you, but getting onto the fight itself, I mean, 
yeah, Liam Wilson, um, big, strong, sturdy guy, solid for the weight. Um, I think he boxed really, really cleverly early on. He managed to score a knockdown, like I say, in that fourth round. Um, it, it stunned me. It really did. I couldn't believe it. I think... Uh, it was, I think it was Navarrete who hurt Wilson and then basically got a little bit reckless coming in and the pair traded left hooks, I believe it was, and Wilson's one landed obviously right on the button with more power. Navarrete instantly was hurt. Wilson, of course, jumps on him. And to Navarrete's credit, he took about five big, big shots before he went down. And even when he was on the way down, he took another one. But when he went back down, he was in, you know, he was in lots and lots of trouble. Climbed back up very unsteadily. Um, there was only seconds left in the round thank goodness for him and he spat his gum shield out on the floor you know veteran tactic let you know that his head was in the right place referee picks it straight up off the canvas and slams it back in his mouth doesn't let the corner you know wash it off or anything um and and yeah thankfully for Navarrete there wasn't many seconds left and he got through the round um he didn't look overly great on his legs at the start of the next round but after about a minute I think his legs were back and from that point onwards he just had to bite down on his gum shield and grind Wilson down and that's what he did um the 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 knockdown in round nine um was a one two it was early on and and down he went Wilson like I say got back up um Navarrete smelt blood I think I think uh, Wilson as well by that point had a busted nose and yeah Navarrete decided he wanted to get the job done in that round and just went on the attack he battered Wilson really in that ninth round from pillar to post and Wilson um, kept going backwards in straight lines, no head movement, um, no defense, and Navarrete showed that Mexican dog in him that he has. Uh, the referee obviously stopped it after too many big shots were landed on Wilson's chin. It was a great stoppage, I felt, by the referee as well, because I think the corner was a bit brave. Um, but yeah, Wilson definitely better than most people gave him credit for, and I think I was guilty of that as well, underestimating him maybe. But yeah, to, to, you know, to take on board what he's done there you know it was his first scheduled 12 round fight he was only 11 and 1 as a pro going in and I don't think he was the most deserving fighter of getting a world title shot but I think he did enough to enhance his reputation and show that he deserves to be right up there with you know the the, the other top guys in the rankings um so yeah credit to him I think he made a name for himself had a big moment it could have gone very differently maybe if there weren't just a few seconds left in that in that fourth round, um, maybe Navarrete overlooked him, I don't know, but he had his moments, and for me, he he, he performed really well, actually, and um, very impressive, hope he can get another big fight, hopefully stateside, obviously afterwards, we saw Oscar Valdez get in the ring at the end, um, top rank doing a fantastic job trying to keep that WBO um, super featherweight world title in-house, and it looks like they're gonna they're gonna continue to do that for the foreseeable. Eddie, you did unmute at one stage. I don't know if you had anything to say. Yeah, yeah, I, I watched like bits and pieces of it. It was um, pretty exciting. The guy Liam Wilson did show a, he gave a good account of himself. Landed a nice uh, nice shot there. And what round was that? I think a fourth, third, or fourth round, or something like that. Yeah, and. Looked like he was, you know what I mean? Like, if it wasn't in the round, could have had him in some serious, serious, serious trouble. He was in trouble anyway, but, he, you know, being if there was more time in the round that he could take an, could have taken advantage of it, he could have he could have maybe pulled it out of the fire, and that would have been a huge upset. But um, credit to uh, Navarrete, he, 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 uh, he weathered that storm, especially the 
following round, came back and started to, you know, reestablish control. He's a busy guy, always in your face, strong, aggressive, you know what I mean? And uh, eventually wore down Liam Wilson and took took the fight. But he, like I agree with Joe, he, he really he really gave a good account of himself. For someone in you know, like we talked about it on last week's show, like he's not really that heralded, you know what I mean? Especially against a fighter like this here Navarrete. So it was kind of like you know, most people expected him to. I don't want to say walk through him because we're you know they're you know they're elite fighters, but you um, you kind of expect that you know that guy would have kind of walked through him and and that was just not the case in this fight so um you know it'll his stock definitely has risen and hopefully he'll get other shots better shots uh, down the road yeah for sure and moving on now to saturday at the Loom Color Phoenix Center in Ontario, California over here friend of the show Ernesto Mercado um he's now 9 and 0 uh, a knockout for him, another knockout for him, 9 and 0, 9 KOs. This time he went into round 7, which is the furthest he's gone. I think last time he went into round 6, if I'm not mistaken, which was the furthest he'd gone. And now he's gone into round 7 against Jose Angulo, now 14 and 5, but nonetheless, another stoppage win for Mercado. Didn't see the fight, but it was for the NABA USA Super Lightweight title. And moving to the Madison Square Garden Theatre now. In New York, of course, it was live on the zone. Um, wow, this was quite a decent card, actually. I'm gonna really whiz through it though, um, as quick as I can. Um, Britain's very own Ramla Ali with a win, eight and oh, now a unanimous decision for her over 10 rounds against Avril Maffey. It was quite a close fight, actually. I felt I think the scorecards didn't really um, tell that, but yeah, Maffey came and gave it a right good go. Ramla Ali, obviously, though, the much classier boxer. That one was for the vacant IBF Intercontinental Super Bantamweight title. 8-0 Ramla Ali. Um, another female to certainly keep an eye on, Shadesia Green. Um, now 12-0, I think with 11 KOs. She knocked out Ellen Sederuz, who... Um, had never been stopped. She was only 8-1, and one, but the one loss wasn't a stoppage. And I think the one loss came to, if I'm not mistaken, um, oh, God, I forgot her name, but she is a, I think, undisputed world champion. I think a former opponent of Clarissa Shields, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, um, yeah, she was knocked out here in round six. Sederu's down as well in round three. It was for the WBC Silver Super Middleweight title. So again, perhaps um, we should keep an eye out there for Shadesia Green. Um, elsewhere on the card, friend of the show, Sky Nicholson of Australia, now 6-0, a unanimous decision for her over 10 two-minute rounds against Tanya Alvarez, who loses her O. She's now 7-1. Uh, uh, Nicholson pretty much won every round, to be honest with you, but still hasn't picked up her first stoppage. 6-0, and all gone to points. It was for the vacant WBC silver featherweight title. She looked quite good, Nicholson, I think, but um, yeah. You know, easy win for her. Um, Richardson Hitchens as well. Very impressive performance from him. Now 16-0. A unanimous decision there over 10 rounds against the undefeated John Bowser, who now loses his 0-17-1 is he. This one was for the vacant WBC United States and the IBF North American super lightweight titles. Um, Richardson Hitchens won every round, to be honest. And I think the corner uh, should have thrown the towel in. Certainly, 
in the later rounds. I mean, John Bowser, it got to the point after about seven rounds where he had no chance at all. He was getting battered. You know, I'd, I'd hate to see what his face looks like this week. I think it would it would still look awful. Um, he took an absolute hiding late on. And yeah, the, I think the referee should have and could have stopped it. I think the corner certainly should have thrown the towel in. But no, they let him stay in there for the entire 10. And he just got battered from pillar to post. Like I say, very, very easy win there for Hitchens who yeah completely shut out Bowser Bowser was down twice in the fight as well there was there was no way he was going to win the fight it was just one-sided um elsewhere on the card Alicia Baumgardner um she boxed Elam McCaled who's now 15 and 2 Baumgardner now 14 and 1 uh, McCaled down twice in round three. A unanimous decision, though, over 10 two-minute rounds. McCaled did get up and last the distance. Um, really entertaining fight. I think Baumgardner was in, uh, I don't want to say in trouble, but in a real fight, you know, a fight where I think she had to think a hell of a lot. McCaled had some moments in there as well. But, yeah, when Baumgardner um, hurt McCaled a couple of times, she went right in for the kill. It was quite an exciting fight, but a good, good fight, a competitive fight, really. Um, it was for all of the marbles, so Baumgardner is now undisputed at her weight, super featherweight, good win for her. And the main event, Amanda Serrano now 44-2 with a draw, um, a unanimous decision over 10 two-minute rounds against Erica Cruz of Mexico, now 15-2 again for all the marbles, so Serrano um, is now undisputed if she wasn't already. I don't think she was, I think maybe she was missing one title, but she's now got the missing title. Um yeah, obviously a, a rivalry always whenever we see in boxing um, a Puerto Rican fighter get in with a, with a fighter from Mexico. But um, yeah, a bit one, uh, yeah, a bit one-sided, I'd say. You know, I think Serrano was always going to go in as a massive favorite in my mind. I didn't think that she would, uh, you know, come up with any issues against Cruz. But people were saying that Cruz was, was fighting... A really weird kind of fight. I guess that's people saying that who have seen her fight a couple of times before. I hadn't seen her um, box, I don't think, many times. Maybe I might have seen one full fight. But, yeah, apparently she didn't really box herself. She suffered a, a huge cut from a head clash early on. But it was a fantastic fight. It really was. Um, I, I should probably take back the one-sided comment, actually. Because, yeah, she did have moments. And people were saying it was, you know, maybe fight of the year, I think. I think Eddie Hearn come out and said it was fight of the year, but no surprise, he was the promoter of the show. But yeah, definitely um, a really good fight. If you if you didn't see it, it's worth watching back. I think I am going to actually watch it back um, because, yeah, I, I don't mind a really good fight, especially when it's the females. It's a fast-paced, um, you know, 10 two-minute rounds, 20-minute uh, fight full of action. I like to go back and watch them, so I think I'm going to give that a re-watch. But yeah, I stayed up for it, you know, and um, yeah, it, it, it did deliver. Um, I don't think, you know, in terms of skill level, it was up there with um, Taylor Serrano from last year, but it was definitely, um, it's, it's on the shortlist anyway, it's going to be on the shortlist for Female Fight of the Year, and Serrano was involved in it again. Um, she loves to bring an entertaining fight. And finally, the final card of the review part of the show took place in Nashville, Tennessee, at the Texas Troubadour Theatre. It was on Fight TV. Um, it was a mixture of country and western music and boxing, which of course um, was an interesting cocktail to consume. But let's get on to the main event, the only fight that mattered. We saw 
Uh, Eric Chambers returned to the ring after seven years out. Eric, <laughs> tell me about the fight, man. How did it feel to be back in there under the bright lights after almost seven years of inactivity? Uh, no problem, James. I mean, <laughs> Joey. <laughs> no, but it was uh, it was interesting. It was really interesting. My opponent gave the best he could uh, in, a, in, a, in a short notice situation. Um, you know, it's just it's nice to be able to get back in there, shake the cobwebs off without too many uh, too many risks uh, going on, which without too much risk. I'm sorry, going on into the fight. Um, but at the same time, um, I wanted to really feel and you know out what what the situation would be, how my shots would feel, how my defense and all of that would feel under the lights in a pressure situation when there's a crowd there. So, um, luckily for me, it uh, it worked out pretty well. I felt as sharp as I could be in, in, at this point, and uh, defensively sound and you know make sure I kept my head moving really comfortably and now like I said the opponent you know he gave what he could but he wasn't you know 100% prepared for a fight as he should have been but like I said he gave the best count of himself in the situation that he was dealt we're we're on two different levels in boxing and you can't expect a guy like that to be able to compete necessarily with my level but fair play to him he you know he gave me the opportunity to get back in there after a long time off and um you know it, it, it kind of you know shook out some of the some of the cobwebs but i think I, I think i need to stay busy i think i need to have more fights more than just you know one obviously i gotta have you know i have a few more uh lower level fights and then maybe if uh if possible you know i can get somebody who has a name and, and maybe put them in uh put them in uh, that rotation, which is what I'm going to need to get to my goal of possibly, you know, basically I just wanted to see where I, I just want to see where I'm at. But if I get to that level, then it's like, you know, title or bust, you know what I mean? I'm not, if I'm a, if I'm able and I feel physically capable in my mind and all of that is working together and, you know, I have an opportunity, I get an opportunity. Yeah. Then it's like, you know, the only thing I can be really chasing is, you know, a title and obviously, t- with a title, was going to bring wealth, or I don't want to say wealth, but <laughs> it'll bring some money. Let's just say that. And uh, for somebody at my stage in my career, I'm not going to try to be in there forever. So, um, you know, it, it, it'll be a a nice uh, a nice end to my career if I'm able to, uh, you know, get an opportunity for a title or something like that down the line. Yeah. So you're 43 and five now. Obviously, for the listeners that didn't understand the inside joke the ring announcer initially uh, when calling eddie to the ring called him eric chambers which was laugh out loud hilarious for me watching at home on my ipad but um yeah it was it was as well quite interesting that you both entered the ring from the same side one after the other which was kind of cool but um right yeah obviously as you say you know it wasn't really about the opponent it was just getting back in there getting back into the swing of things back into the comfort zone um there was a moment where you showed us a little flash of um perhaps i don't know if i want to say a flashback or maybe a flash of what's to come i like the little left hook up and down that you landed which obviously staggered uh, your opponent the referee gave him a standing count and obviously you went back in after that and I think uh, the straight right hand was what ended proceedings but 
yeah, it was just, you know, it was what it was. It was just, as, as we said, just um, a fight to brush the cobwebs off to come back to. And um, is there anything, I know that obviously we don't want to jinx anything, but is there anything in the pipeline, any, any idea of when we might see you back out, maybe with a slight step up, Eddie? Yeah, yeah, actually, um, you know, we're planning to stay busy. Keep the hands moving, keep the feet moving, uh, you know, in a, in a positive direction. So possibly the following month, you know, this month coming, which will be March. And I think the date possibly is March 7th. You know, like I said, uh, you know, maybe a you know slightly tougher opponent. Uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how things play out. Um, like I said, the idea is to stay, stay busy, stay active. So we're, you know, so I'm prepared for what comes down the pike. And, um, you know, if it's, if it's a good opportunity, if there is a good opportunity waiting there for me, I'll be ready for it. And, um, yeah, it's just at this stage of my career, things need to be, you know, meaningful. You know what I mean? It's got to point in the direction, you know, that's going to be positive for me. Um, it's, you know, there's no no games or anything like that at this stage. The idea is to, if I feel great, if I decide that, you know, and, you know, just from third-party perception as well, is that I could actually – perform at a high level you know what i mean still and we'll go at it you know with both feet but if, if you know if we prove you know if things prove to be overly difficult and our body's just not responding like i you know like i like i'm not too proud i understand what the, what the situation is i know father time is undefeated and uh you know that means we just got to step back but as it stands i feel good and i'm kind of excited to see what the future holds Okay, well, there we go. There we go. He's back. He is back. There we go. That is the bombshell of the week. And that brings the review part of the show to a close. The final thing for me to do is to welcome this week's special guest. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the undefeated super featherweight contender. It is, of course, Mr. Andres Cortez. Andres, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Joey. Hey, my pleasure, my man. So it's the first time we've had you on. So like I say, welcome once again. Um, it's interesting because we see a lot of fathers training their sons in boxing. We don't always see fighters trained by their brother. Just tell me briefly what it's like to be trained by your brother, man. It's cool. Um, you know, it's a, you know, it's been a, it's been a good journey. You know, um, you know, we kind of grew up like this, this way. You know, um, being, you know by by with the, with each other you know by our side so it feels it feels normal to me you know it might be different to other people um you know just depending on you know how how you and your brother you know grew up you know we've always had boxing and that's all we really did growing up so like i said um you know this is all we know so and you're currently 19-0. and 0. Um, One fight I do just want to touch on briefly was your 15th pro fight. That first round knockout against Genesis Savania. I mean, this is a guy who went 12 rounds with Oscar Valdez, dropped Oscar Valdez in that fight, of course. No one's ever done that to him in just one round. Talk me um, through that fight. Like I say, I think that was the fight that really caught the fans' attention. Yeah, um, you know, it was... Uh, I knew it was... Uh, it was uh an opportunity of, of my life, you know, and I was, uh, at that point I wasn't signed to anybody. So, um, you know, uh, you know, he, he was on contract, uh, with uh top rank. So pretty much I was fighting a top rank fighter. Um, 
and uh, you know, I took I took uh, full advantage of the opportunity, and I went out there and I and I did what I had to do. You know, I got um, you know, 100% ready, and I honestly feel me 100% ready. I'm unstoppable. So um, and I'm gonna just continue. I'm gonna keep continuing to prove that. Yeah, it was a great win. Like I say, I think like you know Genesis. I think caught you with a good shot early on, and it just made you go, okay, right. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get this over with real quick, and you did. Um, <laughs> since that fight, you've continued your unbeaten streak. Like I say, nineteen and zero. Let's talk about your most recent fight. Obviously, you boxed on Friday. You beat Luis Melendez on points over ten. Going into the fight, a lot of people felt it was going to be a close, competitive fight, but you pitched a shutout across all three judges' score cards um talk me through it again man brilliant win um you know like i said uh it was my first 10 rounder and uh i trained i made sure i did everything to have uh you know to be 100 percent. and um yeah I, I you know i thought he was a good fighter i i respected him but once once i really got in there it was um i thought i was too physically strong for him and, um, you know, it goes back to, to my training, you know, my preparation. I think uh, just that alone, I think, took over the fight and, I, and you know, made it, you know, one-sided. And let's mention as well the cut. Obviously, in your corner, you had the legendary uh, Stitch Duran. Um, what a man to have in the corner, hey, if, if, if you see a bit of blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you know, until it goes uh I've been cut before, you know, it's nothing, it's nothing new and nothing that's going to scare me. You know, I uh, mentally prepare myself and I tell myself, you know, nights before the fight, if I do get cut, you know, we're not going to, you know, react or, you know, pay any attention to that. So I think uh, I showed that, so... Yeah, for sure, for sure. And obviously, you're a super featherweight. The main event was for a super featherweight world title. Did you get, um, you know, did you get to come back to your to your seat ringside to watch the main event yeah. ringside? Yeah, yeah, I watched that fight. I watched it uh, closely, and uh, um, you know, I've been saying like I like I said before the fight, um, you know that I that I would love that fight, um. Not just because, you know, he got dropped or whatever, but I truly, you know, think I'll, you know, knock that guy out. Um, you know, he was, you know, respect to him. He is, a, you know, you know, one day go down as a as a Hall of Fame, you know, three-division champion. But um, I think it's my time, so. Yeah, my next question was going to be, obviously – you know, the main event was in your weight category and I wanted to ask how soon did you want to be in those conversations for those types of fights? But it sounds like straight away, you're ready now, you feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was ready, you know, I've been ready. I was ready my last fight, you know. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I answered questions to myself, you know, how good, how I would feel going 10 rounds, um, you know, because it's one thing to say, you know, that or spar 10 rounds and then to actually do it. And honestly, I felt, you know, it was really easy. And in my last round, I think I, I picked it up, you know, a whole nother uh, level. So, I mean, I'm ready to go 12 rounds. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's perfect timing for me. And, uh, you know, it's now or never. 
And Andres, are you a fighter that needs to know their next fight date almost as soon as they step out the ring? <laughs> uh, n- I mean, you know, I would not not necessarily because I'm go- I'm heading back to the gym next week. Um, I I like to be in the gym. I don't really like to have time off. Uh, I like to be consistent. You know, you know, obviously as a fighter, I want to fight. You know, you know, as soon as possible. So I mean. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we can keep lining them up, you know, that would be perfect. I don't think I've ever asked this question before in the past, but I feel like I want to ask it for some reason. What's your favorite cheat day meal? <laughs> um, you know, uh, cheat day, um, I just like some ice cream, you know, ice cream is great. What flavor, what flavor? <laughs> uh, cookies and cream oh my god that's my favorite as well okay if i ever see you we'll definitely have to grab a cone um <laughs> i want to ask you as well when would you like to fight next i know obviously there's that haney lomachenko card looming i'm sure that's that's got to be one you want to be on the undercard for um you know hopefully uh i can get on that card um you know i'm i'm pretty much uh you know just waiting for my eye to recover but, uh, you know, it healed up pretty nice, and my hands are, you know, perfect. So, you know, uh, I think May would be, you know, perfect for me to get back in there, and I think uh, hopefully we can, uh, you know, get me back in there by then. And obviously you mentioned there Navarrete, and, you know, you obviously have your eyes on the guys at the very top of the division. Is there anyone in particular, that, like one name in particular, that you have at the top of your list that you'd like to fight in your weight category, or is it just any of the top guys? I mean, it's it's really any of the top guys. I, I see, um, you know, all the top guys the same you know i see every fighter really the same you know um i respect every fighter you know equally and um you know i think uh i'm you know the best fighter at 130 so um really you know it, it really doesn't matter to me and another super featherweight world title fight takes place this weekend in San Antonio. We're going to see Ray Vargas stepping in with Oshaki Foster. Um, how do you see that one going? Um, I think uh, Ray Vargas should get it done. Uh, for I actually sparred him last year. Um, you know, uh, did a quite a few. Uh, actually, I did a lot of damage to him. And, um, you know, I thought he was. Uh, too small for me you know so uh but anyways going back to to their fight I think he gets it done I think uh I think offensively he's gonna be a little bit too much for for Foster and I think uh he'll edge it out and I think he'll win by decision yeah I think it goes to points it's gonna be a real good fight I think though and um you touched on sparring him there I was gonna say as well obviously being based in Vegas I'm gonna guess you must have sparred a real impressive bunch of names over the years um aside from Vargas what other names big names can you reel off to me um Tank Davis um you know uh well you know Antonio DeMarco back in the day I sparred Lee Shelby. Um, I sparred, uh, you know, really a, a lot of um, good, good fighters. As of lately, um, 
Um, I haven't been getting that that high high level, but I've been getting in a lot of rounds. But um, really, uh, yeah, the list the list is is so deep that I can't even think of any names right now. See, Lee Selby, obviously from the UK, where I'm from, it makes me want to ask, how did that spar go? Because he obviously has recently retired, but he always said that he didn't feel that we got to see the best of him on fight night. He feels like he did most of his best fighting in the gyms, in sparring. I've heard how good he was um, in sparring. What was that spar like with Lee Selby? Um, well, I was about, uh, like, I think 15 years old. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, so it wasn't nothing uh, crazy or nothing like that. Okay. Um, yeah. No worries. All right, man. Um, my next question, I'm kind of putting you on the spot a little bit here. I like to ask this to everyone that I speak to from overseas. Um, obviously, you're only young. I'm not expecting you to throw out a name from 100 years ago. But if I ask you who your favorite UK fighter is, any era, do you have one? I do. Are we talking any weight class? Any weight class, my man. Prince Nassim. Prince Nassim. Prince Nassim, yes. Yeah. What do you like about him, the uh, flashiness? Flashiness, but I was, if we was going to go heavyweight, I was going to say, I was going to say, I I really liked uh, uh, God, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Um, He had um, long hair. Lennox. Champion. Lennox. Yeah, Lennox. Lewis, yeah, for his straight punches, uh, I think, uh, you know. Yeah, they're yeah, probably that, that. they're probably the two most popular answers I get. Uh, everyone loves Prince Nassim Hamed, um, and obviously Lennox Lewis as well. You know, definitely two of our best fighters ever. Two real good guys you've listed there. Um, just finally, before we wrap it up, Andres, if you've got any closing words to the listeners, um, I like to you know, throw this over to the fighter to kind of close out with a message. Of course, do not forget to give out your social media handles. But yeah, end us with with, with a nice message to the listeners and of course those social media handles, my man. Uh, you know, I just want to say thank you to everyone and hopefully, you know, one day I'll go out in, in the UK and fight um, and have a, you know, an amazing show out there. But you know, you can, you guys can follow my my career at Andres Cortez ninety seven on Instagram and Andres Cortez on Facebook. And uh, thank you all for for listening. And I hope you guys you know tune into my career. You guys are gonna see something special. Absolutely, I agree one hundred percent. Listen, Andres, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you, my man. Thank you for your time. Congrats once again on your win, and we'll speak again soon. I'm sure. Thank you. Okay, now it's time for part two on this week's show. This part, of course, the news part of the show. We're going to start here with this one. Shakur Stevenson, friend of the show, returns to the ring on April the 8th against Shushiro Yoshino. That's going to be uh, Stevenson's first official fight at lightweight. It's going to be going down in Newark at the Prudential Center. Maybe you can get over there for that one, Eddie. Um, But yeah, I don't know if they've... Oh, you know, they have have announced a couple fights on the undercard. We're going to see... Uh, Jared Big Baby Anderson on that undercard. Cool to see him in town. Um, Keyshawn Davis as well will be on the card. I don't think their opponents have been announced just yet, but it's all about Shakur Stevenson, uh, Shakur Stevenson, the, the the home fighter, the main man in his own city there. Um, 
moving now to this next piece of news. Anthony Joshua, um, it's official now. He returns to the ring on April the 1st, on April Fool's Day, against Jermaine Franklin, uh, the, the guy that recently boxed uh, Dillian White and arguably won the fight but didn't get the decision. So he will be taking him on. Uh, the, the, the groundbreaking piece of news really is that it's not going to be on pay-per-view. It's going to be on regular DAZN, which is the first time Anthony Joshua has boxed off of pay-per-view in the UK since I literally couldn't tell you. It would have been, I guess, before he won his world title back in, like, 2015 or something, man, which is madness. So, like, seven years of pay-per-view fights every single time, and we're going to see him now box on regular DAZN, but that's another story. We know that DAZN, obviously, are up in their monthly subscription as well, which is very stressful. Um, anyway, yeah, so... Uh, that's that's the main event there. I don't know if they've announced much of the undercard just yet, but it's all about that one. Um, the the interesting angle really is something I read from someone online. They said that if Anthony Joshua knocks out Jermaine Franklin as he should do, then it you know if he if he wipes the floor with him, makes it look easy, then it it kind of um, ruins the chances of us seeing Dillian White and Anthony Joshua too, which is a fight that Eddie Hearn has been saying for such a long time he wants to get that on. I don't think the fans really want to see the fight too much, to be honest with you. Look at what uh, Tyson Fury did to Dillian White last time out. And, you know, Dillian White, like I say, arguably lost to this guy here. So if, if Joshua blasts out Jermaine Franklin... That surely is the end of anyone at all, even Eddie Hearn wanting to see Dillian White, Anthony Joshua too. But anyways, it's all about the big man AJ. All the best to him, April the 1st. It's going down um, at the O2 Arena as well, back home for him. It's not going to be a Wem uh, Wembley Stadium type of fight. Um, elsewhere, in other news, friend of the show, former world champion Callum Smith um, fights on March the 11th in Liverpool, a homecoming for him. He gets in with the... Uh, World-ranked, undefeated Polish fighter Pavel Stepien, who um, I can't remember his record now, but I'm just gonna—I'm gonna be honest here. It, It's—it's—it's it's, it's a guy I've never heard of, you know. And this is not the kind of fighters that Smith should be in with. I mean, it's another waste of time. And I, I don't like to say that too often, especially about guys that's been on the show. You know, I really, really like Callum Smith. Massive fan of his, but this is. This is just a bit of a joke, to be honest. I don't know what they're doing with this guy at this point. Um, on the card as well, we're going to see Johnny Fisher. We're going to see Diego Pacheco come to the UK. He's a real uh, you know, bright prospect. It's going to be great to have him on these shores. He gets in with Jack Cullen. Uh, we're going to see Liam Paro as well. I think ranked number one or two in the world. He gets in with Robbie Davies Jr., um, and also Campbell Hatton on the card. Again, the date for that, March the 11th in Liverpool. All the best to all the guys on the card there. Uh, what else do we have? We've got this one as well going down in Newcastle on March the 18th. It's the next-gen card over here. The main event is going to be Cyrus Patterson getting in with Chris Jenkins. It's a step up for Cyrus Patterson, who, you know, was a good amateur. Signed with Matram, obviously, and... It's. I almost kind of forgot he existed. He's been so quiet. I don't know if an injury or whatever's kept him out, but I think he's been quite inactive, if I'm not mistaken. And I just didn't know what the plan was with him. You know, he just went really, really quiet. And but anyway, he, he's back here in the main event against Chris Jenkins. It's a decent fight, to be honest with you. So all the best to him. Um, 
couple of other fights on the card as well. I think we've got one of the McCormacks on, and we also have Hopi Price, I think, in a bit of a step up there. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. It's a next-gen card, like we say. Again, the date for that, March the 18th in Newcastle. And in other news, Richard Torres Jr., we've mentioned him in the review part of the show, knocking out his opponent. Um, he returns to the ring already. They've announced his return to the ring. It's going to be March the 25th. He gets in with Willie Jake Jr. at Fresno's Save Mark Center. That's on the undercard of... Um, Richard Comey and Jose Ramirez. So the date for that, like I say, March the 25th on Saturday night. Um, gets in with Willie Jake Jr. It's going to be the co-main event, if I'm not mistaken. Willie Jake Jr. as well, 11-3 and three with two draws. All three losses came by knockout. He got knocked out in four rounds by Stefan Shaw, who obviously we see recently get... Uh, beaten by Effie Jagba, so I'm not expecting him to go the distance with uh, with 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 uh, Richard Torres. It's going to be another explosive knockout. Um, you can bet your bet your last buck on that, as they say. Um, what else do we have? This piece of news here as well. It's going to be um, Murajon Akhmadaliev defending his WBA and IBF World Super Bantamweight titles against Marlon Tapales. That one to take place at the Bowen Center at Techport in San Antonio, Texas on Saturday, April the 8th. Busy schedule coming up here. And also, it's going to be uh, the co-main event to Jesse Bam Rodriguez, uh, his fight against Christian Gonzalez for the vacant WBO flyweight title. So that's, uh, again, Bam Rodriguez's uh, attempt at becoming a two-weight world champion there. Um, yeah, a couple of other fights on the card. I think Raymond Ford on the card as well, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is that it for the news? I think that is it for the news, finally. A lot to go over there, like I say. Moving on to the preview part of the show. We're going to start here with this one. It takes place on Saturday at the Wembley Arena, live on Sky TV. Um, a couple good fights, actually, on the undercard. Let's whiz through it, though. Hassan Azim, 5-0, gets in with Abdallah Luanja, uh, 15-9 with two draws. That's over six. We've got Vidal Riley in another waste of time fight, 7-0. Gets in with Anis Taju, 7-2. Needs to fight someone right. Um, I'm, I'm beginning to really lose interest. It's an eight-rounder there for him at cruiserweight. We've also got Caroline Dubois, 5-0, getting in with Farish Mashouri, who is 10-7. That's over eight two-minute rounds there. Caroline Dubois, you know, for a female, she's been banging out almost everyone. I think she's only gone the distance once in her five-fight career. Um, her opponent here as well, been stopped twice in seven losses. Um, it's going to be interesting because... <laughs> She's She's been in with a, a few British fighters. She got stopped by Chantel Cameron in two rounds. Um, she got stopped by Terry Harper in two rounds, but she went the distance with Natasha Jonas. So it's interesting to see here. We're going to definitely have the measuring tape out this time next week, seeing how she got on in comparison. Um... Another really good fight here for the English middleweight title. We've got Tyler Denny, I think, fresh on his win over Bradley Ray. Now 15-2 with three draws, defending the English title against the undefeated 16-0 Brad Pauls. That one, I think, is a tenny, uh, a tenny. Tyler Denny fight to win on points. I think he wins that one on points there. Um, Zach Chelly as well. Good fight, this. 12-1 with a draw, getting in with Anthony Sims Jr., 23-1. I really like this fight. I think... 
um, you probably have to favour Anthony Sims Jr. just based off of how good of a boxer he is. And I think sometimes we forget how much of a banger he can be. He's got 20 KOs in his 23 wins. Um, obviously a banger. Yet, Zach Chelly is someone who I'd say is a banger as well. But then, when you look at his knockouts, I think he's got maybe six six KOs in 12 wins. Um you'd have to say that Sims is the bigger puncher of the two, but I think Chelly fights like more of a puncher than Sims. It's an interesting one. Um, I think, you know, you'd have to side with Sims, probably on points, to be honest with you, but I think Zach Chelly, there's, you know, there's an interesting bet on Zach Chelly getting a knockout here. I just think Sims, you know, after he lost to that guy who took his O, forgot the guy's name, um... I think it was someone Angulo. I think it was someone Angulo who I think then David Benavidez went and smashed up. Um, it kind of showed you that maybe he's not as good as what we all thought he was at one stage. And I think Zach Chelly getting the home advantage, um, you know, racked up a couple good wins. I think he's got maybe three KOs in his last four fights, something like that. I think he's got some good momentum. And he's going to put it on Anthony Sims, man. He's going to really put it on him. It's a 10-rounder. I wouldn't be surprised to see Zach Chelly get him out, and it'd be a proper statement if he did. So, yeah, I think Chelly for the KO is a good price there, and also Sims, I think, to win on points is probably the most likely outcome. Um, and the main event, Adam Azim, the Wonder Kid, 7-0. He gets in with Santos Reyes, who's undefeated as well, 12-0. Somebody's own must go there. It's over 10 rounds at super lightweight. Um, moving out now to the Derby Room... Pomona at Fairplex, Pomona, California, USA over here. I don't think it's going to be televised, but friend of the show, former WBC light heavyweight world champion. He returns to the ring after, I think, almost four years out of it. Alexander Gvozdik of Ukraine. It's going to be great to see him back. 17-1, and one, the one loss, of course, to Baturbiev in a great fight. Um, yeah, I don't know what kept him out of the ring so long. I can't remember if he got iced badly against Baturbiev or not. I can't be bothered to go back on a fight from four years ago. But anyway, it's good to see him back. Definitely was one of the best guys, you know, at his weight. Obviously, took the title away from Adonis Stevenson. Ended his career, which was a sad thing. But um, Gvozdik was a, was a great fighter, man. It's going to be good to see him get back in the ring. He gets in with Jorge Miranda, who's 58 and 21. That's over, that's over six rounds there. Um... And then, yeah, the final fight to mention, or the final card to mention, it takes place on Saturday. It's going to be live on Showtime at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, Texas, on the undercard. Friend of the show, we had him on last week's show, Mario Barrios, 26-2. Coming off two losses in a row, unfortunately, to Keith Thurman and Javante Tank Davis. Um, uh... You know, it's a must-win fight. He gets in with Giovanni Santiago, who's quite a tough guy. Gave Adrian Broner a decent fight, but really and truly, I'm a big believer in Barrios. I mean, I think his transition to welterweight hasn't been the smoothest. And after losing by stoppage to Javante Davis, jumping straight in with Keith Furman in your first fight at the weight was a bit of a mad move in, you know, in hindsight. But he bit off more than he could chew that night, lost quite, quite clearly. But he's took time out. He's been out of the ring almost a year now. He's, he's split with Virgil Hunter. He's with a new trainer now, um, who I think he's known for quite 
quite a few years. Again, we had him on last week's show. He gets in with Giovanni Santiago. I'd say Barrios will probably win that one on points, but just looking forward to seeing him return to winning ways because he's one of the good guys, Mario Barrios. I'll get on with him very well. Very good guy. And the main event, Ray Vargas now 30, well, currently 36-0, defending his WBC Super Featherweight World title against, in fact, I don't think he's defending it. I think it could be a vacant title, if I'm not mistaken. I'm pretty sure it is vacant. He gets in with Oshaki Foster, who's 19-2. and two. Again, we spoke to Andres Cortez earlier on. He's siding with Vargas. Um, a lot of people are talking about Foster, though, saying that he could win this one. I know that when the when the fight was made and all the rest of it, I looked at the odds at the time, and Oshaki Foster was a 2-1 to one underdog, which I thought was a really nice price. Since then, it's been hammered in. It's now just under, I think, just under evens, so or just over evens, whatever we're saying, about about 5-4, to four, whatever. So you can still double your money with Foster, but it's not as, as uh, generous as 2-1, to because I think those odds were kind of crazy, to be honest with you. But anyway... Um, should be a really good fight. I think it goes the distance. I think Oshaki Foster could win. But then again, I think Vargas, if I'm not mistaken, is with the PBC. So he could end up getting uh, a favor done on the cards. But yeah, I think it does go to 12 rounds. It's going to be a good fight though. Because like I say, I've been hearing about Oshaki Foster for a long time. It was actually Regis Progre who put me on to him a few years ago. Said he's a guy to look out for. He gets his chance here. Um, I think he's with Probellum, if I'm not mistaken. It would be great for him to win this for their promotional stable. But yeah, Ray Vargas, a tough man to beat. Like I say, 36-0. One of the longest streaks out of all the fighters right now. And he's come through the weights and everything. So yeah, it's a tough one there. Um, like I say, I think it goes a distance. Foster could get it, but I think Vargas probably, well, the rightful favourite really. He's got the credentials that are clear to see. But that's about it though for the preview part of the show. In part one, we did the review part and we welcomed our special guest. In part two, we did the news and we've just wrapped up the preview part. The final thing for me to do is to come in with the outro, which I'll do in just a few seconds. Okay, and this wraps up episode 382 of the Box Hard Podcast. I've been your host, Joey Coastman. Eddie Chambers has been with me for the duration of the show. Thankfully, not Eric Chambers. Um, <laughs> a special shout-out to this week's special guest, the undefeated super featherweight contender, Andres Cortez. The biggest thanks of all, though, goes out to you, the listeners. There has been one piece of news break whilst we've been recording the show, and that's that a part of the undercard for Joshua Franklin has been announced, and it's two fights thus far that have been announced. We've got Craig Richards stepping in with Rickards Bolotniks for the WBA Intercontinental Light Heavyweight title. Um, and we're also going to see Matteo Signani defending his EBU European title against Felix Cash. Again, the date, if you didn't know for that one, is April the 1st, live at the O2 Arena. Um, yeah, Felix Cash getting the European title fight instead of the Ammo Williams fight. Um, you know, there's more on the line in, in terms of belts, but it's not really the fight I think everyone wanted to see. But anyway, that's about it from myself. Enjoy your weekends, people. Stay safe, and we shall see you all again this time next week. <laughs>